Welcome to the Inspired Educator Show, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. Let's first begin with introductions of our inspiring educators. Inspiring educators, introduce yourselves. Hey, everybody. It is Lila Noor, the educator motivator, coming to you from Los Angeles. You can find me on all social media platforms at Miss Lila Noor. That's at M-S-L-A-I-L-A-N-U-R. I am currently a Master Learning and Grading Instructional Coach for the Los Angeles Unified School District. I'm also a CPM Implementation Support Specialist. I'm a motivational speaker. I mean, I do it all. I do it all. So if there's something else um, (laughs) that you're wondering that I do, I probably do that too, um, if it relates to education. Every episode, we like to talk about what we're grateful for, just so that we can bring some sort of liveliness and positivity to the space. And for this episode, I am grateful for little people. And by little people, I mean kids. I like, especially the young ones, the tiny ones, the ones that are still learning about the world. I mean, we're all still learning about the world, to be honest with you. But they're the ones that are just figuring out that they have a shadow and they're understanding (laughs) how things work and turn and move and noticing birds for the first time. And that is just something that brings me such joy and laughter to see how how they interact with the world and, and they see it for the first time. And they're just so positive and amazing. And, and it, for me and in the space that I've been in, I need it. It's rough sometimes being around the little ones, but it also just brings me such just positivity and happiness. So I'm really and truly grateful for the little people. Shout out to the little ones. Coach Jay, everybody. Jadrian Grimes, greeting. Hopefully everyone is doing well. Follow me on Twitter at Jadrian Grimes, J-A-D-R-I-E-N-G-R-I-M-E-S. My daytime job is business operations manager at North Metro Academy of Performing Arts. What I'm grateful for today is an oldie but goodie of mine. I picked up a book that I've read a couple times a couple of weeks ago, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Mark Twain said, two of the greatest days in your life is the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. And the purpose-driven life kind of speaks to those points of of why you exist to help get you on a path of why you actually exist and what you were born to do. So if you have an opportunity, go out and pick up Purpose-Driven Life by Rick Warren, and I promise you, it'll change your life and it'll change your perspective about life and your overall purpose. It's your boy, Dr. Christopher J. Childs, your favorite teacher, favorite teacher. You can find me on all social media at DRK Childs. Let me change my voice because that's not going to work. All right, this is what. <laughs> Guess what I am grateful for? I'm grateful for folks that go the extra mile. I got a lot of folks around me right now that's really about this life and about this life of getting better. I'm grateful for each and every one of those folks. And for those folks that are not, hey, one day you will see the light, but got to do better. We got to do better, folks. This episode's hot topic, legislators across the country are attempting to pass bills, essentially encouraging retention of students for the 2020-2021 school year under the framing of, air quotes, learning loss. What does that mean? They're trying to say all students should essentially repeat their grade. So to you listeners, to you amazing co-hosts, should students be retained for the 2021 school year, meaning they will be required to repeat the grade in 2021-2022. Disclaimer, you saw the title when you clicked this episode, all students should pass. 
but my co-host may think differently, but every student should pass, point blank, period. But what are you all thoughts on this whole quote-unquote pandemic learning crap? I call it crap because I hate the framing of it. But what are you all thoughts on this whole framing of where we at? I'm in agreement. I mean, yeah, all students should pass, if you will. All students should matriculate. All students should move to the next grade level. I don't, I don't see, and maybe there is out there, you know, I'll be the first to admit that I don't always go and, you know, do tons of research and look things up. And, but I don't see retaining students and holding students back actually being beneficial to anybody. You know, it, it doesn't, like, what supports that actually allow students to, or students actually do better the next time around? Yeah, okay. They kind of sort of seen the content before. And so now they're seeing it a second time. And, you know, maybe they have more of an opportunity to learn it and pass, if you will. But I mean, that might even go back to the fact that there should have been better things in place the first time. But I know we're in the middle, you know, it's a pandemic. This is a lot. But I ultimately know, like, you know, we're not holding kids back. We're not holding kids back on the premise of us being in a pandemic and they haven't showed up to, you know, online learning or, you know, being virtual. So to be honest, like some of these are the same kids that went to class and didn't do anything in the class in the first place. Like they were kids you already didn't have a connection with and you didn't, you know, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen anyway. So to base it on some of those students that that's just, just not fair. It's just not, no, I don't. Yeah. Everybody passing. Yeah. I think you spot on. I think retaining students does more psychologically, I think, than anything, right? You know, going over the same material that they saw, okay, they see it again, they may get it at this point, but, you know, socially seeing their friends move on or whatever that may look like in that realm or working. And let's be real here. We all know that there will be a certain demographic of students that the majority of them will be the ones that are held back. So what's the fairness in that? There's been considerable learning loss yeah, A, it happens anyway, but also going through a pandemic. I mean, students have been faced with something that they've never saw before. So what we need to do is get more directed to the solution and finding them the support. But once we move them, given that they may have had certain learning gaps, which is what we should be doing anyway. So yeah, we went through a pandemic. Let's move them, but let's, if we truly care, let's find them the support that they need with those learning gaps so that they can, you know, move forward. I agree. There are some learning gaps, but let's reframe this whole piece of learning loss because we keep hearing learning loss. Here's my question, thought, reflection. If you lose something, did you really ever have it? So are kids really learning loss throughout this year or are they learning slower than previous years? It's a different way of thinking about this whole concept during this pandemic times of a really not experiencing loss. Students are just learning slower. And in some cases, students didn't have the tools provided by their schools, their districts, their political leaders to be successful. So are we blaming the students? I think we got to blame a lot of the adults in the room that made these decisions. Thus, in my perspective, to make the decisions right going into the next school year, every student's there. You know, there are going to be some gaps. Fill them in. You keep pumping. Because one more thing I want to posit. If a kid is in school from kindergarten to 12th grade and that length of time, if they have one bad year, 
and they can't recover over the course of all those other years. Really, we don't have a pandemic problem during the school year. We got a whole school system problem. If one year destroys the kid that much, we got another problem with our system. And we've been known we had a problem, right? We, we spoke to this problem multiple times. And I definitely agree that, you know, we're talking learning slower. But then let's talk about the flip side. We're talking about learning content, you know, subjects slower. But what about the students that actually got more of what they needed during this time? And, and we know it was a hard time. Everybody has their own. They've had experienced this very differently. But We've had students that have had been able to spend more time with their family. We've had students that have been doing their own type of learning um, in their homes or in their communities, right? So we talk about, okay, maybe they didn't learn the specific, you know, the standards within English or math or science or whatever, but there are still students that are getting a lot of what they needed at home during this time, right? They were able to learn things that you know, what we talk about all the time in education, students aren't learning some skills, a lot of skills and different things that we need them to learn, which of course requires an entire shift in, you know, how we teach, um, you know, the way we learn, we teach and grade and assess and et cetera. But our student, everybody didn't just completely lose, just like, oh my goodness, like now kids are not as smart as we would have wanted them to be this school year. Like, okay, cool because they weren't in this box of a school learning in front of their teachers. But a lot of them did get some amazing, like they learned a lot during this time. They learned about our economy. They learned about how different groups of people are affected when things like this. They're probably learning about the impact of past research on different communities of people and their how they're just not as comfortable with vaccinations, you know, and I'm saying that kind of kind of loosely, right? You know, we have some things that our students actually did learn. So, you know, saying, you know, oh, this is a complete loss and to hold them back. Like, we don't know what they They could bring some amazing things to the table next school year. And we don't even know it because we're trying to call this a loss. It's all in how you look at it. What lens is right. I mean, all great points by both of y'all. And to your point, the social emotional growth that some students may have garnered, you know, over this time, whether they were at home and actually having to go outside and play as opposed to do something else, you know, learning over Zoom, the way they communicate with their friends, you know, the way they communicate with their teachers, you know, some are can hold themselves accountable at home to make sure they get their work done. Some can't, you know, so I think we have to really wrap our minds around again we're moving everybody, but what does that support look like? How is it individualized for a certain demographic of students so that we can make sure that these students are going to be a successful? A loss may not necessarily be a loss in the sense of the word, right? It may have been the way the information was delivered. I don't think it's no fault of the student at all, right? I think it's a big conglomerate or a big part of, of everything. We're all responsible, but let's make sure we're doing our part to help them move forward. And our part in helping them move forward is promoting every single student at the end of this year, regardless of how they perform, knowing next year, we can make it up. The following year, we can make it up. The following year, we can make it up. Some are going to say, well, Chris, some of them are seniors. They're graduating. But if they got to that point in their life and they're not ready, that's not on them. That's on you all as adults, you all as listeners. 
What are you going to do better as you go forward, as you complete this year? We're on the back end of this 2020-2021 school year. What are you going to do better knowing that we got a long time to help a lot of these kids pick up and a lot of kids do better? We got to think differently. We got to change our mindsets as it relates to this whole piece of retaining students. Jay brought up earlier in the episode, you know, you hear a lot of rhetoric. I call it rhetoric about retaining students. Let's be specific. They're talking about retaining melanated students. They're talking about retaining students who are deemed as low socioeconomic status, period. They're not talking about retaining those other students. They're talking about retaining those students. And that is the problem with education. We talk about those students, those melanated students, those students who identify as low socioeconomic status. Why? Because that's how the system is set up, designed to screw those kids over What are you going to do to challenge the system and change it? It starts with every kid getting promoted for this school year. Inspiring educators, final thoughts. Let's make sure we're getting our students the supports that they need individually, holistically, groups, whatever it looks like. We know what this is. And if we truly, truly, truly care about student success, not only academically, socially, emotionally, financially, all the leads then we need to make sure we put a plan together to make sure that they're being successful. Be open-minded about what our students are going to bring to the table this next school year, right? Let's back up off this idea of learning loss. You know, that whole thing was put out there about summers. It's put out there about spring break and winter break. Like anytime a student is just not in front of a teacher, they're losing information. And we have to think about why is that? What's the problem? Where do we have gaps in our teaching systems so that students are not retaining information? They're not actually holding on to big concepts and big ideas, right? How do we take that idea into the next school year while also being thoughtful and open-minded about what our students may have gained during this time? It's a mentality. It's kind of like the glass half full, glass half empty. How are you looking at these students? How are you looking at what they bring to the table? And we look at that glass half full, glass half empty. What if you took whatever's in the glass, poured into a new glass? The new glass could actually be full. It's all about perspective, how you look at things, which is a perfect transition to my favorite part of the episode, which is the inspirational moment being brought to you by none other than your favorite teacher, favorite teacher, Dr. Christopher J. Childs. Dr. Christopher J. Childs, take it away. I think I will take it away. See how I changed that voice? Take it away. I think I will take it away. Here's today's topic. Today's topic for this quick minute. I'm going to call it inspirational minute. What is feeding you? What are you putting in your mind? What are you putting in your body? What are you putting in your soul? A lot of times we live by the moniker YOLO. You only live once. I think it actually should be yo do. You only die once. You live actually every single day. And therefore, if you're living every single day, you have to think about what are you feeding in yourself in every day? What are you feeding into your mind? What books are you reading? What are you doing to grow? What are you doing to understand the world better? Understand the world differently as opposed to what you were programmed to think the world is about. What are you putting into your body? How are you eating? Are you eating healthy? Are you drinking water? Or are you just eating a bunch of junk food and snacks and destroying your body? All of us, you feel better when you drink a good glass of water. You feel better when you eat healthy because you're feeding yourself. You're giving yourself the nutrients that it needs to survive. And then what are you putting into your soul, into that spirit? 
your spirit is a part of who you are, what you bring to the table. All of these working together, your mind, your body, and the soul impacts who you are, impacts the educator that you are in front of these students. And if you're feeding a bunch of crap essentially into your mind, body, and soul, you're going to get crappy output. But if you're feeding good things into it, you're going to get some good things out of it. And when you put good things out of it, you can push good things into the ecosystem and you push better things into the educational environments that you work in. But you got to feed yourself better. Got to use this asset-based approach. Stop looking at the glass as half full. Stop looking at it as half empty. Look at it as let me take this and put it into another glass and then I got a full glass. It's all about mindset. If you have not learned anything throughout this pandemic, it's your mindset, how you approach the situation. The old song says, it's an old church song. We'll go old school today. I've had some good days. I've had some bad days, but I won't complain. And I want you all out there to know when you're feeding yourself good things, you're going to have, sometimes you're going to eat bad. You're going to do bad things. But if you do more good than you do bad, it's going to be all right in the end. Feed positivity to yourself. Feed your body. Feed your soul. And it's going to be all right out there. And we're going to socially promote every single student knowing 2021, 2022, it's going to be a brighter year, a better year, the most amazing year that these students will ever encounter. And it's thanks to amazing educators like yourself. This has been the Inspiring Educator Show. We O U T. We out. See ya. And get that Be new great. Class.